Hey, on this week's episode, we have some book news. Empire Strikes Back returns to the theaters and... Uh, not surprisingly, dominates the box office and the Russo brothers apparently are big Star Wars fans. Welcome to Echo Base. Set your course for the Hoth system. General Veers, prepare your men. All troops will debark for ground assault. Prepare to target the main jet. Echo Station 3PA, on an Imperial Walker. Attack pattern Delta, go now. Watch that clock fire, boys. Right now, I feel like I take on the whole empire myself. Target, maximum firepower. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Imperial troops have entered. Thanks, uh, Intro, Eric. It's glad it's good to be back. Glad to be back. I was yes. going to say, but yeah, it's not the right wording. So good, good to, to be, be glad to be back. It's the first time we've had all three of us together in quite some time, I believe. Right? Yes, it you know? is. So uh, yeah. things are getting back to normal a bit here in Echo Base. Um, we're not working crazy hours that we used to, and we can kind of do things like we used to. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think I think yeah. uh, Tim and I have been working less hours, and Eric's working more. So who knows? Tim, Tim is <laughs> done with his uh, his overabundance of hours, which is now you are done now, right? Yes, Close? unless somehow they decide they're going to to bring me back. But as okay. of uh, Which late last week, they have decided week, before. Yeah, yeah. As, as of late last week, they the uh, uh, there was like contract stuff that was in yeah. the way. Okay. So, and Lou, things are are better for you. Yeah, I things hope. have gotten back to a normal ish <laughs> spring, I guess, for me. So. Good. Yeah. Good. And we're not working the crazy hours and we're not as, as swamped with phone calls because people can come out of their house now and see us in person. So that's a good thing. Good. Excellent. Uh, so a quick <laughs> pseudo network announcement. Um, with my work schedule and because I'm the one that actually produces the video streams for YouTube until I can get either Lou or Tim up and running with that. Um, I work one out of every four Sunday nights. So that's why there's out of four weeks, there's three streams. So we are looking to uh, discover a solution around that. But for now, um, that's that's where that is at. So I put in an application for a different position. We'll see if nice. that goes through. Good luck. Anyhow. Good luck with that, Eric. Thank you. Thank you very much. So what what's, uh, what's going on with Star Wars? Not much this week. Oh, and by the way, uh, hello to everybody in the chat room, Joe and Tom and Bravo and David and whoever else is there. Welcome. I hope you're having a good evening. We are happy to, to yeah, see you for, and hear from thanks you. Thanks for joining us here. Yes. Well, yeah, not much happening in Star Wars right now, but um, you know, Empire Strikes Back is making a big comeback at the box office. Yes. 40, 40 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't hey, see that yeah. happening very often, but um, now I, I, I don't say, I'm questioning what theaters are open showing this. Not any. Yeah. yeah uh, it's it's a lot of drive-ins. It is uh, some oh, states true, where they. Yeah, some states where they have done uh, theaters, but they are, you know, still obviously doing some fairly extreme social distancing and stuff. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, Walmart saying? in some places is setting up the little pop-up drive-in theater. Yeah, thing, in apparently in some yeah. Walmart locations. So Walmart, Walmart, really? Yeah, I heard that. Apparently, huh? We'll I haven't been to one. But uh, we do have a drive-in theater near here that I still have never been to. The one time I was going to go, they were playing Jaws and Jurassic Park, and I didn't want to take my son to see Jaws. 
And we've seen Jurassic Park a billion times, so we thought we would wait. So, but not yeah. in a drive-in. True. That's true. That's true. But I live out in farm country, so by the time I drive a half hour, forty-five minutes to the <laughs> drive-in theater, then get out and clean all the dead bugs off my windshield, because there's nothing like watching the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back through bug corpses mm. in stereo. Yeah. <laughs> it's still fun. A, like I, I'd still, I still want to do it, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to doing a drive at some point. Not we don't have any around here, but I'm kind of hoping something opens up because I, it's kind of a nostalgia thing. I'd like to go back and see one again. Not that I think it's gonna be a great experience, but you know, it'd be fun. Yeah. Closest to me is like an hour away. Mm. Yeah. Well, for those who have them, enjoy them and, and consider going to see Empire Strikes Back. In the meantime, you know, it's been so long since we podcasted that I hit the right buttons on everything except the audio recording. <laughs> I got it's the recording I got one going, now. so. That's okay. Lou's got a backup. I can always extract the audio from the video. So there you go. We're good. Contingency plans. Exactly. Just like the Empire has. Plan ahead. <clears throat> Maybe. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, the Russell brothers uh, were talking with conflict.com and they are interested in doing something with Star Wars now. Now, who are the Russo brothers? These are the guys that have done you know, a few MCU films. Maybe um, this is uh, what Anthony and Anthony and Joe. Joe. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. So they are the ones who have uh, directed and actually also done some uh, some writing on uh, the, the all the Avengers films. Uh, mm -hmm. Up to and including Endgame, which is the largest grossing film in the world history of ever. They did Winter <laughs> Soldier too, right? Wrote and directed it. Uh, that's a good question. Mm, I do not know. Off the top of my head, I would have did, to look. I'm not sure if they did the first Captain America. I'm pretty certain they did the second one. They might have done both. I'd have to look it up. Anyhow. So. Do we want them doing Star Wars, maybe? I, I, I'd vote yes. Yeah. I would love to have them do something in Star Wars. I think it would be fantastic. Yes, they did direct uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Okay. Ah. Uh, yeah. Trying to get there. <clears throat> yeah, it, it would be like, I mean, obviously, the they're like totally visionary with the things that they do, and they have a great track record. The thing is, is that their best methodology because the the like these guys actually come from doing tv and they then came into film and their strength is doing things that are like in series or episodic and that is why their marvel films have been so fantastic because mm -hmm. they have been able to kind of paint that picture through a number of films that are both their own as well as referencing other films so if they were to do something in Star Wars, um, not to say that obviously they couldn't just do some standalone movie and make it absolutely phenomenal, which I'm sure they could because they're the Russo brothers. But I think that their strength would be doing something um, that would be episodic. And so, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a film. Maybe they did something on Disney Plus. Maybe they do something else. Don't know. But, yeah, it would be awesome. You know, one of these well, days when we have another slow news week. I want to get your impressions on the um, what is being called the Filoni-verse. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. theory that Filoni is going to maybe be moving into movies and, and become the Kevin Feige. And there are, there are some rather specific detailed speculations on how that might roll out. And I would be curious mm-hmm. as to what the two of you think of that and whether oh, yeah. it would be a good mm-hmm. thing and who may or may not be involved. Cause right now, one of the things about star Wars is we talked before, um, about uh, Lou, you've brought up several times on the shows. A lot of directors just don't want to touch star Wars out of fear of being ostracized. Mm, yeah. by you know, millions and millions of, of fans who just can't accept anything that's not their own interpretation of things. And again, we talked about the fact that now that the Skywalker saga is done, it's probably safe going forward because there are no expectations. <laughs> but true. I, oh, I think still that, be, well, there's rabid and overly right. critical. People aren't going in with, with a, a 12 episode story arc already in their brains before they walk in the theater. Sure. I mean, sure. there are expectations, but it's not the same as, what we just went through. Uh, you know, the, the funny thing about this, if you take a step back in, in, you know, the Filoni verse per se is, is one way to put this, but even, even bringing the Russell brothers into this, doing something with it, with a, with a team that has a forward looking mentality of putting mm-hmm. things together and weaving threads together through different stories, whether it's mm-hmm. movies or TV or different TV properties that are going to be put together at some point, which is what, the Russell brothers have done really, really well yeah, in the MCU. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we really need that in star Wars. I mean, we, right. we don't seem to have it. It's, it's uh, as I'm thinking about saying this, I'm like, well, we really do, but there, we really don't. And what I'm getting at is we don't have somebody who's overseeing it and kind of marshalling things and making sure things are going the right direction. I mean, mm-hmm. we have Kathleen Kennedy, we have you know, people that have done this, but nobody really doing it hands-on per se. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's yeah. running the whole, the whole shebang and she's doing a good job of that. Um, but n- no one's kind of putting the, I don't know, the, the story team on task or, or having the, the, the threads that we're trying to pull together yeah. on task, on yeah. point in one direction, all pulling, you know, everybody pulling the oars in the same direction at the same time. We need that. And yeah. whether it's the Russell brothers, whether it's Filoni, whether it's, you know, somebody else, Someone needs to be executive producing the content, and, yeah. and they're not. I mean, it's one thing to be an executive producer of a film, but there needs to be like this, you mm-hmm. know, Kevin Feige, who in 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 Marvel, who is like this, uh, you know, senior executive producer or or right. you know whatever it is, who is truly overseeing everything. And while he doesn't get into the weeds on stuff, he makes sure to bring the right people in. And he gives them the expectations and, and clearly everything connects very well in, in, in doing so. And you need um, a cohesive phase one and phase yeah, two. And fa- right. Like they had yeah. the MCU. I mean, I know we, and I'll tell you, go ahead. I'm, I'm really excited for as much as, as obviously we all love the, the Skywalker saga. Now that it's over, I kind of feel like I can take a breath and I feel that like we're because we are kind of like shackled to the Skywalker saga. And now that it's over, it's like mm-hmm. the the possibilities are are anywhere. We can do absolutely anything and go any direction on this stuff. And we're going to get, you know, some standalone movies. We, we might get a couple of duologies. We're going to have Disney Plus stuff. We're going to have all sorts of things showing us all these different corners of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And 
some of this stuff is going to be connected and that's going to be awesome because that's just going to kind of build on it, but it's also not going to be this linear story like the, the Skywalker saga was because I, I'm pretty confident that a lot of it's going to be like tangential. And then we're going to have other things that it's just going to be like, Hey, there's something over there and there's another idea over there. No, oh, there's an idea up there and we're just going to see stuff about it. And I'm so excited about that. So here's, excited. Here's what um, the current, the current uh, thoughts all seem to be circling around. And by the way, I agree with what Joe said in the chat room there. We need to get uh, JMS from Babylon five to, to come in and mm -hmm. straighten all this stuff out. But uh, so we've got two different things that people believe are going on behind the scenes. And, and I personally am a subscriber to quite a bit of this theory. Number one with television, we've got, Obviously, we've got Filoni, we've got The Mandalorian, we've got allegedly an Ahsoka spinoff, we've got allegedly a um, Thrawn and Ezra spinoff, um, we've got allegedly a Boba Fett, uh, kind of a mini-series sort of thing coming up, like the Kenobi thing. The Kenobi will be separate from all that, but the idea is um, kind of some of these characters weaving in and out of each other's series, similar to what Netflix did with the Marvel stuff to some extent. Um, and to kind of build a, a micro cinematic universe there mm -hmm. and then separate the high Republic era. Apparently the idea is to do in that era, because you've got multiple Jedi, right? It's not just Luke mm -hmm. Skywalker. Yep. You've got multiple individual Jedi. And even in the prequels, it was mainly Obi-Wan and Anakin. We are going to have several main characters there. So we will have books in parallel. We will have. Um, I also hope books to in see parallel. major characters, though, that are not necessarily Jedi. Hopefully, yes. Mm. But the idea is that it's going to very much be kind of an Avengers sort of thing where you're going to have solo projects that happen in parallel and in tandem for a lot of these different characters. And then they will come together for these big ensemble moments. Mm -hmm. And um, that seems, I mean, to me, if you look back at some of the history of meetings and stuff that have been reported at Lucasfilm and um, some of what they have announced already with the book series and such, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think it would be a smart business move. And I think that, there are no significant downsides to that that would um, that would overshadow the benefits. I mean, it seems to make a lot of sense to go that route. You're building this universe. If you introduce something and it doesn't work, you, you know, shove it off. It, it just mm -hmm. is something you can easily excise from the rest of that mold going forward. So you can make little changes and, and do course correction if you need to, but you're not relying on one Luke Skywalker to carry an entire storyline. And uh, I think that, that that really gives them a lot of flexibility in, in the storytelling and uh, in, in where they go with that era. Again, I'm a little annoyed that that era seems to bump up so closely to the prequels. I'd rather a few more hundred years separating it. Sure. Oh yeah. I mean, but would you guys, do you think that's a smart way to go if, if they take that and, and try to have it so that um, you, you get several major story arcs that kind of cross over back and forth like we, we see with the Avengers stuff? Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. I, I, I think that's a great style to go with things um, because you get that connectivity and you can really build on things without having that same, uh, again, like, you know, storyline where it's everything has to particularly be uh, in order or it's all like the same characters. It's, it's, you can do these tangential things and it can be even loosely, even loosely related. Uh, and you can just like tell these great little side stories. And I think that that is what, I think that's what star Wars needs. I think that there were, um, well, even a lot of the legends books did still focus on Luke and kind of that core group of people once in a while, they did do these tangential things. And I think that that was like some of the big success in legends is, is that they did that and they really expanded it into so many different things. Well, and one of the nice things about the Avengers franchise too, is um, I never really connected with uh, Captain Marvel. Um, never really got into Thor that much, but I love Captain America. So in an Avengers mm-hmm. movie, I get Captain America and some other characters, some of which I care about, some of I don't. And and that's fine. My son mm-hmm. isn't really into Captain America, but he loves Iron Man. So mm-hmm. everybody's going to have their favorites and their things that they're more invested in than others. But when you do and get this these is why your pieces, son, Eric, is far smarter than you are. <sighs> I want to contest that, but uh, <laughs> you may be onto something. I don't know. Hey, Last year when you came here with your son and we had that, that whole conversation about it, uh-huh. I was blown away by some of the connections he was making. And that blown was just away. one conversation. Exactly. Smart. Yeah. Kid. No, he's, he is, he's very smart and uh, he's, he's challenging to keep up with when he gets on some of these ideas because he <laughs> just dives right in and uh, you know, that's who we need working for Lucasfilm. We just get him over there. We'll have a sloth <laughs> Jedi. He's obsessed with sloths right now. Some Pokemon <clears throat> Jedi. I'm I'm kidding. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where you <laughs> have the ability to, instead of forcing everybody to invest in one thing and everybody having their own versions of what that thing needs to be, you can have people invest in different portions of it. Again, mm-hmm. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I know some people who really aren't that interested in it. The, the Marvel Universe has a little bit for everybody and it doesn't require a full investment in any one of those parts. Right. I think if star Wars did that with the movies, they already do that with comic books. Right. Right. If they did that with the movies. I think that would be a big benefit. And I hate to make it sound like it's just, you know, doing a carbon copy of the MCU, but that is the aspect of the MCU formula that I think that, that really works aside from just having good writers and a lot of the investment they did in um, putting the right pieces into place. When you zoom out a little bit, big benefit of that is I don't have to do all of the MCU. I can do bits and pieces. I can pick and choose Mm -hmm. what I Mm -hmm. like and I don't have to be beholden to one specific vision that someone has. Right. And that was a big complaint with um, the sequel trilogy. I, I mean, we're not without diving into the, the, microscopic aspects of of them again when you zoom out it has to do with the fact that this is the vision and you either like it or you don't and everybody had different things they wanted out of it and there was mm. no ability to stray in and out of that at all yeah right this would provide it, that and and as they go down this path that they're doing more tv stuff than movie stuff which is what they're doing right now right. it lends itself to that mm-hmm. that same formula you're talking about 
because um, you don't have totally. to watch every every series out there. You don't have right. to. If I don't want to watch the Boba Fett series, I just don't have to see that, and it's not yeah. probably going to impact me watching, you know, the Kenobi series or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, so if, and if, if plays, there are plays, any things, if there are is, if there is anything that's connected, good storytelling will kind of get you caught up. Mm-hmm. or fill in those blanks a little bit. So if you mm-hmm. didn't happen to see this other awesome thing for whatever reason, they can kind of fill in those blanks a little bit for yeah. you. And then if you still don't fully understand after having those blanks filled in, then maybe that is the compelling reason to go check out that other series too. If you really care yeah. that much about those holes being filled in. And if you don't care, then it's not going to bother you and you're going to continue. So again, it, it yeah. offers kind of the best of all of the different world's there if that's what they do i think it's really smart but we'll see and i think that the russos again because of what you said tim because of their ability to or maybe it was lou whichever i think we're all in agreement that the russos do a really good job of serializing Mm -hmm. things while also maintaining a cohesive episodic approach as well i think that they would be a great fit for this i really hope that the russos do something with this. Yeah. Honestly, I'll go out on another limb here and this is going to piss some people off, but I would be happy to have Ryan Johnson come back in, in that sort of scenario and do his own thing. Instead of trying to take on somebody else's thing. Ryan Johnson is a good storyteller. He just probably wasn't the person for episode eight, but that doesn't mean he should be excluded from star Wars entirely. I would love to have him come back and do his own little, um, you know, parallel story with one of the characters and then it can blend into everything else. I think that this is one of those scenarios where that's the right use for someone like him. Mm -hmm. Not what we had come before. Yeah. Well, you know, difference between doing a story and telling your own story versus trying to play in someone else's storyline that wasn't really fleshed out and didn't give you any guardrails for it. So big difference, you know, you can't really blame Ryan for what happened in, in that episode because yet everybody does. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with the choices he made, but again, he's playing with somebody else's story. If it's his own story, he goes in with a different type of vision. Yeah. I, I mean, it's tough to have, you know, people doing the story and somebody just one in the middle that, wasn't talking to anybody else and didn't have yeah. that plan going in. I mean, you know, we've said that before and, and, and I've, and I've said several times they couldn't possibly have done this without a plan and right. they did. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. well, you know, I tell you what, you. if they ever, if they ever do any sort of a storyline with the, uh, the void, you know, the, for those of you who have seen star Wars rebels, the, um, that other kind of parallel, void where you can go and see the different timelines and stuff. There's Mm -hmm. a short list of people I think who could handle that well. And believe it or not, as much as I did not like what he did with episode eight, I think Ryan Johnson, if you look at things like brick and looper, I think he could handle that sort of story really Mm -hmm. well. And back to what Joe said earlier, I think uh, Joe Straczynski from Babylon five is another writer who could handle that sort of thing really well. I I think there are very, very few writers who can make something. I mean, Christopher Nolan is another one who can make something out of that sort of jumbled mess, make it unique and compelling mm-hmm. and not lose people in the process and not destroy everything around it in the process. And this is yeah. where we can capitalize on, you know, no longer being tied to the Skywalker storyline. Right. And even though we have 
characters who, you know, like, say, Ahsoka, who do have some kind of relationship, obviously, to that storyline, but they have their own very unique independent story that right. once in a while crisscrosses through there, but I think ultimately in the end is, you know, hanging a, a hard right while the Skywalker storyline is still going straight. So I, I, I think that there's a lot of, there's just so much opportunity there um, to yeah. tell these, these great stories. And, you know, talking about the whole Russo brothers and Kevin Feige thing, it, it was announced quite a while ago that Kevin Feige is going to be involved in some future Star Wars project. We still don't right. know what that is um, because of course, that's one thing that Lucasfilm loves to do is announce people <laughs> without announcing projects. Uh, Maybe this is the involvement. Maybe it's that he comes in as a kind of a universe consultant. Maybe it's not even that he is tied to a particular movie. Maybe this is that involvement. They've, they've said that that is not going to happen. They said that he is not going to come in to be the Kevin Feige no, 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 of Star no. Wars not as he is the it, Kevin Feige of Marvel. But to help design it for someone else to step in. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, hey, That's interesting. What, is it, what is your perspective about how you made the MCU successful and consult right, with him right. and have him lay down the structure and say, okay, if you guys want to do something like this, this is what you need to do. These other things may be exclusive to Marvel, but these other things you could work mm -hmm. into Star Wars and use him as a structural consultant, I guess might be a good way yeah. to put it. And then he walks out the door. He's already met with Disney a couple of times. He's been seen going in yeah. and out months and mm -hmm. months and months ago, like way before the whole pandemic and everything. Um, yeah. So maybe that is the quote involvement is that he was brought in to kind of help them restructure. And then it may be Filoni that comes in and does it. It may be John Favreau. John Favreau may become the new yeah. Kevin Feige. And especially if it's something that's multimodal, I, because I mean, that is, that is certainly a star Wars project. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if it is, say, The High Republic and, OK, we're going to have these books and comics and then maybe we're going to have a movie and then maybe we're going to have a Disney Plus series and all this other stuff. And to have someone to come in, like you said, Eric, I really like that idea as a consultant because of what he's done to kind of make sure that that stuff is connected and has a, a particular flow to it. I, I mean, I, I think that's that's pretty brilliant. You know, um, there are I mean, we, we know that Kevin Feige is not a director. He's never, ever directed anything. That is not what he does. He's a producer. He is a big picture guy. And so he's if he's going to come in to do a movie, it's going to be as a producer. And typically you don't kind of announce a producer that far ahead. It's right. I mean, yes, they'll yeah, say right. that, sure, you're going to have a Kevin Feige or a Steven Spielberg or someone as a producer and then someone else as the director but really it's that director that's still front and center. You know, when, when Spielberg directs, yeah, he's the one that's front and center when he's an executive producer, it'll say, Hey, this movie by Bob Smith, who's the director. And Oh, by the way, it's backed by Steven Spielberg, who's an executive producer. Yeah. I, I mean, you talk about those kind of producer names when they are like a Spielberg or a Feige or, you know, that, that is a powerful thing to, to put out there and you want to say that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, I, I think this makes a lot of sense what you guys are talking about. And, and, and there are a lot of people we hope. who yeah. know people within Lucasfilm. And one of the common things that I've been hearing for months now is that Lucasfilm, the people within Lucasfilm are well aware of the fan response to the sequel trilogy. They understand the various complaints, the fact that the same complaints are coming up over and over again. And they are 
in constant discussion about how to proceed and not repeat those same mistakes. So sure. they're not just sitting there, you know, yeah. with their fingers in their ears. They've been listening pretty closely to this. And I think that maybe bringing someone in like Kevin Feige, that, I mean, that is exactly what the nature of all the complaints go back to. If you do a root cause analysis, you have an issue with something, episode eight or episode nine. Well, why did that happen? Well, because of this. Well, why did that happen? Well, because of that. Well, why did that happen? And you mm -hmm. go all the way back to the root. The root is kind of a lack of an overall vision. Yeah, mm -hmm. we so, didn't have a plan. Right. So I think that that would be, that would make a lot of sense bringing Kevin Feige in. And another thing, if they do move Favreau over to that or move Filoni over to that and have Favreau stay in television, one of the nice things about that, from what little I can tell, Favreau and Filoni seem to have a really, really good working relationship and are on the same oh, page. Yeah. And if you could tie the movies and television mm -hmm. um, realms together with two people who are really in tune with one another... Yeah, that yeah. opens up a lot of possibilities as well. So I think that totally. really going forward, if Lucasfilm is moving in this direction, there's a lot of optimism that we can have for Star Wars going forward, which yeah, is a well, nice I change. Mean, you know, exactly. I mean, look at the stuff we got from, you know, the Disney Plus series um, galleries with the Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All those episodes even though they were working on different episodes of the show and different directors and different people, they all worked as a team almost. I mean, I mean, it was mm -hmm. a team approach to getting this thing done and different directors had different strengths and different weaknesses. And they, they played to their strengths and they helped out where they were weak with other people that had strengths where they didn't have, have those strengths. It is the antithesis um, of every complaint we had about the sequel trilogy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you do this kind of thing as a global approach mm -hmm. to making star wars i i think it's a win-win and that's why it's important to note that because it proves that lucasfilm is able to do that they are able to take that approach and to do it successfully and they are actually doing it it's not just that they know how to and they're saying yeah we're not going to do that they are actively doing it mm -hmm. they have succeeded with it and we have the evidence and we've gotten the glimpses behind the scenes to see them actually doing it they just need to take that and duplicate that into the cinematic universe. And my understanding yeah. is that is exactly what their intention is. Now, of course, we don't get announcements about that sort of thing from Lucasfilm. And God only knows when we're going to hear any sort of news or anything. But I really do think that if there's any truth to even a portion of this, I mean, these are not specific ideas. This is very much a zoomed out conceptual sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this is probably the direction they're going. I think yeah. we have a lot of room for optimism. I agree. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. Uh, let's see, before we get back into the rest of the show, which is not a lot of news, but we have some, um, we have some network announcements. Uh, now, Tim, you were up here this way visiting me uh, this past weekend. Yeah. Um, first time we'd been able to go out to restaurants and stuff since the COVID-19 thing happened. And uh, I'm so jealous. we were at a brewery on Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Um, having some lunch and some beer and um, our server, um, guy by the name of Steve, he um, noticed my tattoo of the lightsaber and he's like, is that a lightsaber? And we started talking and he showed us his that tattoo. Because I thought it was like a robotic appendage of, okay. Anyway. I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> Is it possible for us to continue streaming this if we drop Eric from the call? No, that's probably, the beauty of it, not. Tim. Ah, yeah, damn. we can't get rid of it. Damn. Rid of Eric. 
Uh, but we had a great discussion with this guy, Steve. Yeah. Um, he said he was going to start listening to the show, and uh, he's a big fan of Star Wars. And we talked, we talked for a few minutes while we were uh, ordering. And um, yeah, so just want to give a shout out to to Steve from Story Creek Brewery. Excellent. Yeah. Welcome, Steve. Steve. Welcome to the community. Thanks for joining us on uh, hopefully on this episode where we have very little news to. <laughs> Good <laughs> timing, Eric. Steve. Way to go. Oh well. Oh boy, that's outstanding. Well, uh, some housekeeping stuff. You can always get a hold of us in the same place you can always get a hold of us. Um, Twitter, Discord, um, and, and now YouTube. Um, on Twitter, we are Random Chatter or Force Chatter. Um, on Discord, it's just randomchatter.com slash Discord. And uh, randomchatter.com slash YouTube. Like and subscribe. We have, uh, like Eric said, three out of every four episodes are streamed uh, to YouTube. So you can see our smiling faces and uh, you, you can actually see, see the, two, the, two, the two clones on either side of Eric. You have, you know, Clones mm -hmm. on both pictures, yeah. Thing exactly. one and thing two, right here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another bit of housekeeping regarding that. Um, so we've got a little bit of backlog of YouTube videos. We're getting those posted, and we are actually going to start streaming on YouTube instead of on Twitch. Um, long story, there there have been a lot of okay. developments over the last few months in the streaming world to include Mixer uh, just disappearing literally overnight. Um and then that kind of redefining how some of the streaming climate is is steering. So I think what we're going to do is we're just going to consolidate everything in YouTube. So randomchatter.com slash YouTube. For now, we're still doing Twitch. I think maybe next week we'll we'll start with the YouTube thing. But the important thing is, if you join our Discord server, if we had one call to action, one thing we wanted you to do right now, it would be to go to randomchatter.com slash Discord and join the community there. You'll get announcements about the streams when they go live. Um, if you want additional channels on top of that, we have a Patreon channel that you can go and any, any donation at all, even just $1 a month, will unlock a whole bunch more um, Discord channels. And uh, I think that would be the, the one most influential way in which you could involve yourself in the community. We've got a lot of great people there and it will get you all the announcements about when we stream and when new videos are posted to YouTube as well. There, there are a lot of great people there. Um, and there's also Mike. Can we do, uh, 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 be nice to Mike. Mike, Mike does a lot of work for, th for this network. So, um, Joe in the chat room asks, can we do comments like this on YouTube? Um, live that is, um, you cannot do comments yes. like this. You need to do nicer comments. That's the thing. <laughs> um, there, there is a live chat room thing. It's honestly, the, the interface are still making some improvements to it. Um, it's better than it used to be. Still some things I'd like to see them do differently. But yes, it is a, a fully up and running chat interface. Um, but they have to be nice comments. Why? Because. Because hashtag reasons. All of Joe's comments are nice. That's very true. Joe is awesome. Mm -hmm. We love Joe. In a very platonic yeah. way. Oh, I still blame the whole COVID thing on Joe. Wow. Well, I mean... Because you know, we, we, he's in Connecticut. We plan on getting together for, for lunch or whatever, grab a coffee or something, yeah. right when this whole thing happened. And I'm like, okay, it's all your fault. <laughs> you know someone really does not want to get together with you for coffee when they start a global <laughs> pandemic to get out of it. <laughs> Joe, you could have just said no. Just could have said, ah, I'm busy that weekend. Which weekend? All of them. You didn't <laughs> exactly. have to start a global pandemic, Joe. Come on. Yeah, be nice. Anyways. Oh, well. So what else uh, do we so, have? Yeah, so... Books. We have lots of books. 
I don't anymore. Well, I do they're in the books. attic. But yeah, it's amazing. The, the last few weeks, we've seen so many book announcements. Yeah. That's because you don't need a team of people getting together with, you know, cinematographers and sound guys <laughs> you and can everything else to, to do a book. In your quarantined uh, office, in your underwear and a T-shirt, much like I am right now, and uh, just type. Oh, come on, man. Oh. Come on. I'm not going to stand up and show you. I mean, I could. Why want you got to do that? Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. Never mind. Nope, I'll sit nope, back nope. down. Okay. We but you can seen. sit in and write a book on your own, right? And the the editor can edit on their own, and you know, it, it's exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, the one thing I so, don't see in the show notes here is, um, unless I missed it, is the Mandalorian spinoff books that were announced last week. We you guys covered that, that last, week? Okay. last week? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was yes. my week off. Okay. So, what do we have? So we have a young adult novel uh, set okay. to release at the end of this month, uh, July 28th, called Star Wars Dark Legends. Um, this is by George Mann, and it's going to be uh, let's see, Disney uh, Lucasfilm Press by George Mann. Um, six horror-themed stories, Ooh. myths and legends, from Sith Lords to the Night Sisters. Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, young adult stuff has come a long way, and, and a lot of it is very, very good, even for adults to read. So, yeah. But when you think um, about it, Star Wars, this is there. as a movie series, is kind of young adult, mm-hmm. right? It's yes, always got kind totally. of a, a family friendly yep. edge to it. And, you know, traditionally PG and now PG 13, but it's still very mm-hmm. much in that, you know, tween on up range. So I think that's one of the reasons right. why the Star Wars young adult novels have actually been relatively successful and for the most part have been pretty good books because it mm-hmm. still carries that same Star Wars tone. Yeah, the, the tone is about the same as the adult novels, just a little shorter. I mean, young adult novels are typically a little bit, you know, shorter in terms of length. A little bit, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. Um, he has uh, actually just kind of looking at his... Uh, it's not a filmography, mm-hmm. a novelography. I don't there know. There you go. Uh, <laughs> new words all the time here on Random Chatter Network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he has written um, actually a fair amount of mystery stuff that seems to be his thing and things involving ghosts and uh, some like Sherlock Holmes stuff. Uh, literally, I mean, he's he's done Sherlock Holmes. He's written um, Doctor Who uh, a couple of Doctor Who stories. He's written um, all all sorts of things. So uh, Warhammer stuff. He's done a lot of short stories, all sorts of things. So uh, like he seems to be a great person to be doing this. Uh, we've talked about this before. I love uh, like subgenre kinds of things and yeah. especially leaning into some of the horror stuff. I've loved a couple of the horror books that were done in Legends. And I thought that they were fantastic, and I'm I'm really thrilled to see this. Not quite sure why they're releasing it in July. I mean, I would be putting it out in October and do like a really big like marketing thing around it. But um, it's it's it, it's cool. I actually find it very interesting that the name of the book is Dark Legends, and I'm sure that that has made some people like kind of cock their head, like, hey, because we have Star Wars Legends books. Mm-hmm. Is this a Legends book? Well. I mean, kind of a yes and no, I would guess, because the way I'm seeing this described is that these are myths and stories and legends in universe. And we know that like when we tell myths that they didn't really happen, there are things they myths are oftentimes things that we we use to explain things that we don't understand or, or that we didn't understand in history. 
So right. it's really not canonical. That's so that's my you guess. You have a character in a story, and the character says something, but the character's lying. Then it doesn't mean that the story broke canon. It means that the character told a lie to another character. Right. So if this is a character yeah. telling a myth, then the myth itself right. doesn't have to fit canon. Right. 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 Yeah. So they give some flexibility there. Two things you said that I think that bode well for this. Um, and I don't know George Mann at all, but number one, there is a really good crossover between a mystery novelist and horror. Because when mm -hmm. you think of horror, you've got kind of two things, right? You've got the, the jump scare or um, what they call torture porn sort of horror movie. And then mm -hmm. you've got the more ghost story, murder mystery, whodunit sort of thing. Or if you think back to Scooby-Doo, right? Scooby-Doo, those are basically mystery stories in a horror genre, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that there is a really good crossover there. I would rather see stories that have a horror tinge to them done by a mystery writer. So that's the first thing. Yeah. And then number two, he's written Doctor Who stuff. If you look at a lot of the Doctor Who episodes, a lot of them have kind of a more family-friendly horror uh, totally. tone. Yeah, to yeah, it's not R-rated horror, but right. it's... But it's, it's, a, it's like some of them are really creepy, a little bit a scary cult, yeah. and unnerving. Right. Yeah, even yeah. if at the mystery, end... Mystery, horror, sci-fi, like they blend right. it all together. Yeah, so... Uh, again, not having read any of his stuff, it sounds like he's a good fit. That's coming out this July 28th, right? This isn't like a, yeah. a year out announcement or a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. This is sudden. Yeah. Okay. And I I'll will pick absolutely this pick this up. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's see. Next up we have uh, our friend Amy Ratcliffe is doing uh, Star Wars The Jedi Mind. Okay. Now, is this a full novel, Tim? Uh, no, this is a, it's a, it's a smaller book, um, that she did. And it's interesting, kind of the, the story that she has behind it. Uh, she had, um, she had surgery, uh, earlier this year. Um, I think like open heart surgery kind of thing, like oh, something wow. like really, really major. Yeah. Mm. And so while she was recovering from her surgery, she actually thought of this because she was doing a lot of like meditation and mindfulness and that kind of thing. And then reflecting on that and comparing that to the, 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 the mythos and practices of the Jedi. And she thought, well, Hey, I could write something that actually combines the two of those. And, and that's what this is. That's what this is all about. So uh, yeah, Star Wars, the Jedi mind uh, brings together like real world practices of mindfulness and meditation together with Jedi teachings. And, um, nice. Yeah, there's some illustrations in it and, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a smaller book. It's it's uh, going for $14.95. It's available for pre-order. It's coming out this fall. I don't know if there's a release date on it yet, a firm date. But I was scanning to this site here where they're interviewing here on StarWars.com and don't see a date. Although yeah. I, I do like the subtitle of the book, uh, Secrets from the Force for Balance and Peace. Yeah, yeah. We could all use nice. a little bit of that. Yeah. I think we could. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, next up we have um, an excerpt on StarWars.com from Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. This is the first of the new Thrawn trilogy, which Tim is amazingly mm -hmm. excited about, I believe. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yep. <laughs> um, and the book will be released early. We talked about this, uh, I think, last week, week before, um, that it was originally released in October, now it's released on September 1st. So 
Um, Tim, have you had a chance to check out this uh, excerpt yet? I have indeed. I have indeed. And, this is basically how was it? Uh, it's 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 basically the the prologue to to the book. So it's it's the 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 lead into the main story, and it's very cool. It's it's real compelling. Um, I'm I'm just so excited about this. I I have it pre-ordered. I'm waiting for it. Uh, you know, it, it'll it'll be here in a you know a month and a half. So I know it's crazy. It's coming up that fast. It seems like yeah. this this year is is weird as it's been it seems like it's flying by pretty quick which i'm not upset about because i want 2021 to get here pretty quick but yeah yeah um yeah it's already july and we are moving into the fall pretty quickly which is funny because april and may seem to last forever i know (laughs) totally this is true. Um, next up, we have um, see Clone War stuff, Stories of Light and Dark, releasing on August 25th. Um, this is going to be an anthology of 11 stories um, done by 11 different authors, including Jason Fry, uh, Rebecca Roanhorse, um, a few others here. Don't recognize their names, but this looks like – I mean, I like anthologies because they're usually quick little stories you can kind of read and not have to get tied up into a big, long novel, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. And we have another one coming up after this, um, which Eric is extremely excited about, I believe. I'm very excited for the Clone Wars stories of light and dark. Come on. I'm sorry. If you want to, if you really want to have no, an episode no, where no, we no, throw down no, no, about no, no, from no, a certain no. point of view, I can get into specifics. <laughs> uh, no, 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 there were some good uh, stories there. Listen, I, there are some that are definitely worth going out of your way to read. And then the rest, I, I, I have not nice things to say about them. So I'll refrain. Okay, so before we do that, then we'll back on to the uh, Clone Wars stuff. Um, what do you guys think about having more stories set in Clone Wars like this? I think that if you are going to do it, this is the way to do it. Don't give us another TV series. Don't give us a bunch of movies. Um, this is a way in which the medium of novels or comic books as well is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is that opportunity. If I want to con- continue to revisit that family and, and that timeline, and that era... Do it through books and especially short stories like this. You can hit a lot of different avenues. You can hit individual Jedi that you might not otherwise hit. You can hit groups of clone troopers. You can hit the separatists. You can maybe have a story about a local, uh, you know, a planet or a local government that is embroiled in this conflict and, and how it feels to be watching these two sides fight over top of your home world and, and be kind of caught in the middle of it. There are, I think, a lot of different stories that can still be told. And I think this is the way to do it. And I think that anthologies are even better because you get a lot of different voices from a lot of different authors who can each mm-hmm. tell these small little stories and stuff. And then, you know, if if one, I, I would even be happy to see one of them spin off into something bigger if there are a couple that are, are just really compelling. But I'm happy for this. I, I don't want to see us revisit Clone Wars in. I don't want another season of Clone Wars. I don't want another mm-hmm. series spinning off from it. Uh, but novels, yeah, I would always welcome this. Yeah, there's a lot of stories to be told in that same time frame. So, yeah. Tim, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, I, I think anything, they've built such a great kind of universe within the universe um, in terms of Clone Wars. And obviously they've gotten an insane following and they've told 
uh, some terrific stories in there. And, and there have been like some other spinoff stories that they've already done in there. There have been comic books, there have been novels uh, that have all really come from and, and, and centered on it. So I think to um, to be revisiting that stuff, and I think that there's a lot more stories to tell, I think it's a great way to do it, especially in anthology format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, those are they're, they're short stories, so they don't have to get into full-on novels. They can just basically pick a character or a small group of characters and, you know, talk about a mission or something like mm-hmm. that without getting into some big full-blown thing. And it, really, the anthology format, if you think about it, is exactly what the Clone Wars television series was. Totally. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Very true. Okay. And then finally we have uh, the full roster of um, authors for the 40 stories for the uh, certain point of view book for Empire Strikes Back, which is uh, coming out this year. It's the 40th anniversary movie. So they're kind of revisiting that with another certain point of view book. Um, I was a big fan of the first one. I think Tim was as well, Eric. Yeah. You know, like I'm, some of the stories. I'm hopeful others, that they have learned from their mistakes where... and are, are moving <laughs> yeah. on. Hey, and if it makes it better, I'm, I'm even happier with that. But uh, I, I like these thought, these kind of stories because they're, you know, a different take on stuff we already know. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a, not a director's cut, but a, you know, a, a you know, a, a different version of it, you know, like, like somebody else doing a cover of a song. <laughs> I think I kind of equated to that stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, so the, they released on Twitter, um, Delray books had posted a, a tweet showing the cover of the book with all the authors listed on there. So, um, and there are a yeah. lot of good authors there, mm-hmm. you know, Alexander mm-hmm. Freed, um, Jason Fry, yep. Christy Golden, Delilah Christy Golden, yep. Dawson, um, yep. John Jackson Miller's on there. Amy Ratcliffe has a story in here too. And Um, uh, again, I love this sort of thing. And uh, I just, I think the first one, there were too too many redundancies and it was too much fluff. And there wasn't, there, there were some really good stories and I am, I am completely convinced that there will be some stories in this that I love as well. I'm I'm hoping that I will find a larger quantity of them interesting than I did with the first one, but Hey, I'm going to get it regardless and I'm going to sit through and, and listen to the whole thing as an audiobook. And I am absolutely certain there will be some in here that I love. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this is a good example of something that we all don't have to love all the same stuff. Exactly. You know, exactly. There's, there's, there's stuff I like, the stuff that Tim likes and stuff that Eric likes. So if you like the stuff Tim likes and the good stuff. <laughs> and I'm so excited to see John Jackson Miller on this list. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love his work. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great guy. I've, I've had a couple of occasions, uh, at cons because he is so personable and he like, if he's like not on his way somewhere, if he's just kind of like walking through the hall, you stop him and you can talk to him and he'll, he'll give you like 10, 15 minutes. Um, you know, a couple times introduce myself. Hey, you know, big fan of whatever it was like. I mean, I love his Kenobi book. I love actually some of his non-Star Wars stuff. Uh, that I've read because I, I am such a fan of his and just talking to him about those things is just fantastic. Uh, really, really nice guy. You know, it's funny. A lot Very. of the people that you meet at conventions who are involved in creative content for star Wars, especially on this sort of level where they have to, they have to birth their own ideas into being mm-hmm. yeah. for star Wars <clears throat> really are very pleasant, personable people. You know, I'm, I'm sure yeah. that, Everybody is is maybe not on the same level in that regard, but 
I, mm-hmm. I think that the three of us and many of our other listeners out there and stuff, we could sit there and list all kinds of different, really good convention experiences that we've had with sure. Star Wars creatives. And, and yeah, John Jackson Miller, I think I've had one very brief interaction with him and it was very positive. Um, mm-hmm. I continue to hear that well, about him. I mean, it's the thing, you know, at conventions in general, I mean, as long as you're not talking about like in, you know, an A-list, uh, like, a, you know, George Lucas or Mark Hamill, that kind of thing, where they have just so much demands in their time, they can't give all this time to everybody that walks by them. Mm-hmm. But authors, people that aren't, you know, in that kind of demand, mm-hmm. most of them are very personable and willing to give you, you know, a minute or two here and there to talk and chat and, and go from there. So, well, you know, it's one, a, it's a, one it's celebrity awesome that stands out to me that I've met and um, that I actually spent about a week observing this celebrity with other people. No, I was not stalking them. We were on a, we were on a <laughs> cruise. Really creepy. We were on a cruise sure, together. Um, uh-huh. And he wrote one of the stories in uh, from a certain point of view for new hope. And that is Will Wheaton. And mm. what oh, yeah, yeah. really stood out to me about Will Wheaton, because he always plays these kind of jerk characters in whether it's the guild or uh, big bang theory, things like that. But I never saw him turn down a photo request like a selfie or something like that. And every single t- I I saw him in moments where I knew for a fact that he was en route to something mm-hmm. and that he was, if not exhausted, he was kind of, you know, he, he wasn't, uh, what, what's the word? Like he wasn't in a performance. He, he wasn't out to make himself be seen and, and, and stuff like that. And he, he was just, he was going from point A to point B and he just wanted to get to point B and every single photo he had this big old grin and thumbs up and mouth open and just this <laughs> beaming smile for every single picture. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he'd walk away and someone else would grab him and he had, I know it's the same smile. I know it's just a cookie cutter thing, but he still does it because he cares about that person's experience with him in that moment, yeah. because he knows um, probably having grown up in geekdom, he knows that right. that is meaningful to people. And he appreciates that. Um, totally. And the one time um, that he did something that uh, I know someone, he did something in a, a closed performance somewhere that someone found uh inappropriate and a little bit offensive and they sent him a a direct message on it and he said you know listen i'm not this isn't some big thing not tweeting this out on the internet and everything i just wanted to send you a message that you know when you do this in the future maybe consider this this sort of effect it might have on on certain people and like within an hour he wrote back and he said wow man listen i'm i'm really sorry about that i i didn't even take that in consideration i i hope that you know Uh, You'll forgive me for that, and I will be cognizant of that going through in the future. And I really have an appreciation for celebrities who are real people Mm. who actually care. And I think that, you know, if you out there haven't been to a Star Wars convention, if you do and you ever have an opportunity to interact for a moment with um, some of the people involved in Star Wars, I I find that it's a very pleasant experience. It's not maybe always that way with other franchises. And say what you will about Star Wars fandom, but the people who have invested in creating things for Star Wars, our experiences have always been very good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, well, that does bring us to the end of the episode. Um, okay. 
chat room, thanks for being here. It's always good to have people that can interact with us while we're recording. And I encourage more people to do that. Um, you know, I think uh, now you said, Eric, next week we're doing this on YouTube and not Twitch. I'm so going to attempt by next weekend, yes, to have this up and running on YouTube. Um, we'll see. Um, either way, it will be either YouTube or Twitch. We will be live. And it, all it is is it's going to be you're going to click on a link for one or you're going to click on a link for the other. It's going to be seamless for you guys out there. Uh, but again, we will announce it in the Discord channel. My goal is to be up on a YouTube stream. Awesome. Well, until next week then, guys, take care, and we'll come back at you in about seven days. Adios. See you next episode.